Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison. I am a contributor at NinerNoise.com. And here with me uh, to, uh, well, I don't know, celebrate, commiserate upon, I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, here with me, one way or the other, is a fellow contributor at NinerNoise.com, Chris Wilson. Chris, how you doing, man? That was the saddest blowout victory I can remember in a long, long time. <laughs> I do remember that there was one other time when we had a player get injured who was important, and I was miserable for the rest of the game when we were just blowing the other team out. Yeah. It was a few years ago, so it's been yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah. This doesn't, this doesn't happen very often. Once the second half started, I was basically counting down the minutes while hoping that the injury cart wouldn't run out of gas. <laughs> Yeah, they were busy. Actually, I think that MetLife may actually have two injury cards because... It kind of looked like they did. I didn't recognize yeah. the guys. I mean, they got the one out there really quick they for did. Thomas, just like right after yeah. taking both off the field. So maybe they were well aware of their maybe. field condition maybe. and maybe. were prepared for the misery that was that game. Lovely. Yes. Um, so the reason that we are confused, of course, is because the 49ers... Rebounded, sort sort of. Um, you know, they whipped up on the Jets. The final score was thirty-one thirteen. The score was actually not even that close because the Jets scored a, a garbage time touchdown um, late, late, late in the game that didn't even matter, and so it wasn't even as close as thirty-one thirteen. But at the same time, while they were whipping up on the Jets, they were getting whipped up by the the turf monster at MetLife Stadium, uh, that led to just a list of injuries that is unfathomable i must say like uh i've i've never quite seen anything like this before in my entire life of watching football or watching really any sport of any kind um i've never seen people drop like this before the bizarre thing is that we're not dealing with like like soft tissue hamstring like that sort of thing which is what you would have expected given the the nature of the season right because we didn't have a real a real training camp in the in the way that norm that they normally do yeah 
no preseason games, you would have thought, you know, soft tissue kind of stuff, like people are pulling hamstrings and straining hamstrings and, and you know, quads and that sort of thing. Cramping up, why not? Right, right. But we're getting, like, real bad injuries, and, I, and, it, and it can only be, you know, related to the stupid field at MetLife. Um, so, quick uh, rundown on the sadness. Uh, Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas both out for the year with ACL tears. Uh, not back-to-back, but um, it was Bosa, a play... And then Thomas, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe there was another play in between them. There's, they, it happened too fast. I blacked uh, out, let, so <laughs> I, I don't even know, man. Yeah. I, I, I know it was close. Out, it was but... like, oh, cool, that's fun. Um, and then Thomas went out, and it's like, oh, super. Like this is this is really awesome. And uh, I think on very similar situations where their feet just got tangled up in the in the turf, you know, the the, the fake grass that they have there uh, at MetLife Stadium, and they just you know, couldn't make it happen. And then to add, you know, further injury to injury, uh, I was going to say insult to injury, but it's more injury to injury. Uh, so Garoppolo, um, thought to have a, a pretty severe high ankle sprain. I mean, it happened pretty early in the game. I want to say like on the second series, um, where, you know, Quinn and Williams came in and, and, you know, was it, was it a, a legal play? One, it wasn't we'll never even know. close. Uh, yeah, even, I know. I'm not just, even close. Uh, I'm trying to be <laughs> trying to be judicious here. Uh, a blind yeah, man would have seen looked, that and called it for sure. Um, I think Shanahan actually said there were two penalties on the play: uh, one for a low hit and then one for a late hit because and he was right because his knee was on the ground like three seconds after the ball was snapped because Quinn Williams hit him in the back of the ankle. Um, it seems like it's not as bad as initially thought. The initial prognosis was that that really bad high ankle sprain, which is a four to six week injury right now there. I think officially got him at week to week. They haven't technically ruled him out for Sunday as of this recording on Wednesday night, but by God, if they put him on that field again, we should, we riot. Like we all drive to, to New Jersey and take over the team. I think that's what, that's what has to be done. <laughs> like he shouldn't play on that field. Like don't even, don't even have him on the sideline just on the off chance that he like trips on the fake grass on the sideline like just let him go sit up in the luxury booth there's nobody up there it's totally fine at this point it kind of looks like he'll be good to go for week four especially if they don't put him out there on week three although you know given the way the eagles are going maybe you don't even have to worry about that either raheem mostert uh mild mcl sprain i don't even honestly remember what happened he was just in there and then he was out and then they came back for the second half and it's like he's out for the game for the rest of the game well, it's because nobody told you if you were watching the broadcast because they weren't paying attention to the game. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't watching the game with sound, but I. So I don't know. You are the luckiest person in the world. <laughs> yeah, uh, the place we go doesn't doesn't put our games on sound because we live in in a place where another football team takes over. So that's kind of how that goes. It looks like Moster will be at least out for this week, but he's kind of on a week to week basis at this particular point. Uh, Tevin Coleman also with a knee injury. Um, I think it's also the MCL a sprain as well. But um, uh, Shane Hannon said today that it was worse than uh, Mostert's injury, and so he's likely going to be out for three to four weeks. And so he'll probably be heading to the injured reserve list here soon. He has not been moved there yet, but I imagine they're probably waiting till later in the week because it's not really as major a press as pressing an issue. Um, Do we have anybody who can run for less than one yard to carry? <laughs> him i mean i could but then also be our best wide receiver um <laughs> i feel like i could but that's just me 
side note, the team did protect uh, Jamichael Hasty on the practice squad for this week. That couldn't have anything to do with that thing at all, no. DJ Jones supposedly also had an ankle injury during the game, but it didn't sound too serious, and uh, I believe he was at practice on Wednesday. Not a full bore, but ready to go. Dre Greenlaw, thigh contusion, which doesn't sound like any fun, but I think he should be fine. Apparently, he was limited in practice today, but I think he'll be okay. At this point, we just laugh at those kind of injuries. Like, that's an injury. <laughs> thigh Whereas, contusion, like, I, what I'd is like, that? like, oh, no, I can't do anything. But yeah, we're like, come on, man. Rub some dirt on it. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah, at this point, uh, it just sounds like practices should be done in bubble wrap. That's that's really the only thing I can tell. Um, and then the last one, I think, uh, D Ford's uh, neck injury that he was supposedly dealing with coming into this game is actually a back problem. And as of now, there's no timetable for his return. That didn't happen on Sunday, but it is another one of the many injuries that the Niners are dealing with, not to mention Richard Sherman, not to mention George Kittle, not to mention uh, any number of other players, Jason Brett, although he was at practice today. Um, so that's kind of good news, I guess. And, you know, D Ford's, if that's a back thing, that sounds pretty serious, especially if it's impacting his, his neck in such a way that he can't even go out there and, and perform. That's uh, something you don't want to mess with. So uh, Chris, two questions. Did I miss any injuries? And um, what did this team do and to whom to have the worst injury luck these past two seasons? Just mild. So you want more injuries? That wasn't enough for like eight seasons? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just wondering, did I miss any? I just didn't want to make sure that I got all the names. Oh, if there's any new injury news, I've made a point to stay as far away as I can from all that. So <laughs> I may be a little bit out of the loop case we have any new injuries i just came in this week hoping praying robert i hope you can handle all this injury news and fall out yourself because it just makes you so sad it does it's very sad i'm just gonna go on pretending that last week didn't happen <laughs> so i appreciate you taking care of that yeah hope you got them all i'm pretty sure you did we're sort of running out of players to get injured so as far as what did we do and who did we do it to, I'm not sure, but we did something that's really bad. And I guess it's not our conditioning coach who's somewhere laughing. He's like, I knew, I told him it wasn't my fault. Yeah. And the, the crazy thing is, before coming in near the bottom of the league last year, I believe that football outsiders ranked the 49ers even worse in adjusted games lost due to injury the year before that. In 2017? In 2018. 2018. Well, that was... Yeah. I mean, does does like the quarterback being out factor in more heavily in that particular case? Yeah, I think they only count that as one player. Right. So. Oh, okay. But he missed 14 games, so... Yeah, but they've been hovering around like 100. One player missing the majority of the season doesn't make that much of an impact. That's one of the reasons why, along with their horrible turnover differential <laughs> and... Grapplos, you know, return is why I really expected them to improve the following year. But even back in like 2017, they were in like the mid 20s in adjusted games lost due to injury. So essentially, ever since Lichahan brought like the smallest wideouts and running backs <laughs> in the NFL to San Francisco, then we've had injury problems. Yeah. And I know it's not totally related maybe, to that, but maybe probably has a little bit to do with that. But our linemen are still huge. Right, for sure. And and like last year, 
two of the major ones were missing both of our tackles for a large chunk of the season. You know, Sherman missed a game or two, right, even last year. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's just so strange, like, how this just keeps happening. And I got to say, the Bosa one is probably the most, the one that hurts the most, because I feel like outside of Garoppolo, because if, you know, if Garoppolo was done for the year, I think you pretty much just, like, sayonara out of the season kind of thing. I mean, oh, yeah. God bless Nick Mullins, but he, he, he's not leading us to the Super Bowl by any stretch of the imagination. But I feel like Bosa being, he's he's as vital to the defense as Garoppolo is to the offense, in my mind. The top three is in a no particular order. Garoppolo, Bosa, and Kittle. Losing those three players would be sort of the the knife's edge to the to the year and it looks like we lost two out of I was about to say we, we don't have any of those it guys. looks like we lost two out of three in like a matter of a couple of minutes like literally like props to jimmy for gutting that one out but he he definitely looked uncomfortable for the majority of the game you barely even move um, yeah it was i mean I, i'm sure we'll get into this more in a little bit but uh, oh we will but uh yeah so there you go um also a couple other notes of like like upside kind of things i guess like positive player movement what for us i don't know it's it's only positive because we're adding players but the reason that these players are here is because of the aforementioned injury so that's that's that whole thing um so the niners did uh bring in uh zeke on a uh, one-year deal basically he's here to finish the rest of the season um is that and, really his first name uh ezekiel yeah mm-hmm Okay. Ziggy, Ziggy, Ansa, as as we're as known to to most, um, and to they me, did until two seconds ago. <laughs> pretty much everybody else, uh, and uh, promoted Dion Jordan from the practice squad. Oh, your boy! Oh yeah, I was right about him making the team. I just missed it by three weeks. Um, <laughs> I knew he'd be up eventually, um, and so he's there. They're both taking essentially Bosa and uh, Solomon Thomas's. Uh, spots on the roster. They were both added to IR um, on Wednesday as well. Uh, they also added uh, running back Austin Walter and defensive lineman Alex Barrett to the practice squad. Those are both players that have been uh, in the mix with uh, Shanahan and Lynch over the last couple of years here in San Francisco, um, both in camp. I think Barrett was on the practice squad before. If I'm yeah, not last mistaken. year. But they'll be there to, to shore up the depth and basically take over this, the spot that Jordan and probably Jamichael Hasty will be leaving on the practice squad here in the very near future. Oh, goodness. Just speculating based on some movements. You know, they said Coleman's probably going to IR. They put Austin Walter on the, uh, on the uh, practice squad. They protect Jamichael Hasty. I'm just putting the, the math together. So there we go. So who do you think starts for the Niners at running back this week? I guess it's got to be McKinnon, right? I mean, <laughs> he's... The only one who... I'd assume so, but would he have like three carries last week? No, he had like five or seven. Let me see. I can did look. He? Uh, you were right. Three for 77. Uh, he did catch the ball. No, he dropped it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no catches either. Just th- He touched the ball three times. Yeah, that's got to stop. Um, so, yeah, he should be the starter. Jeff Wilson will also be in the mix. And then Junior. probably Michael Hasty would be my guess. Um, yes, Jeff Wilson Jr. Sorry. Um, but anyway... Far be it for me to, to forget, but we are talking about a game that the 49ers won. I know it's all very doom and gloom here at the top, but <laughs> they did, in fact, win this game against a, a team that's not very good and that they probably could have beaten with their backups. 
more or less. They did it for uh, half the game, and right? Le- and they more or less, and they more or less did for most of the game. So there you go. Um, and so there's got to be some good things to talk about, right? Yeah, Frank the Tank right. was out there. He had like twenty some carries, I believe. Yeah, he was good for him. He carried the ball a lot for a 37 year old man. Actually, could we trade for him? I would love to start him. <laughs> Maybe I will say he was not particularly effective. Twenty one carries, sixty three yards, a whopping three yards a carry for good old Frank. Like that matters for us. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Compared to Coleman, he's like Frank or compared to Coleman. True, <laughs> true, true. Anyway, um, so we're going to move into the one up, one down section. And so, Chris, let's talk about some positive things, man. That's It's time. So you tell me who is your up for this victory over the Jets. Hurrah. Who do you think it is? What happened to Jimmy Hate 2020? <laughs> what happened? I thought he was horrible. I thought his high passer rating was somehow bad for some reason. Where are all the Jimmy haters? I've been searching for them. They're not under my bed. They're not on TV. They're nowhere near my timeline. Believe me, they're nowhere near my timeline. Where did you go? So we have an injured Garoppolo. 14 for 16. Good for almost 88% completion percentage. 131 yards. Two touchdowns. No picks in one half of football. And he could barely move. Shani couldn't even call play action plays for him. He couldn't move. He couldn't. What do you mean? He couldn't even call regular runs because he couldn't turn around him to hand the ball off. They kept calling pitches to the outside because that was the only thing he could do was literally turn to his right and pitch the ball. <laughs> and still, he comes out of the game with a passer rating of 140, which is so high. Even PFF couldn't like fake it and make it bad. <laughs> so he led all quarterbacks with a 90.2 offensive great so is that good good work pff you figured it out and all this is being done behind a bottom 10 offensive line including mcglinchy who i don't know what happened to him because (laughs) he has suddenly gone from the next greatest thing to perhaps the worst pass blocking tackle in the nfl although his penalty on the most run like we were discussing earlier was totally made up and should have given Mostert even uh, one more long touchdown. So he's doing this behind a O-line who's 28th in the league in adjusted sack rate per football outsiders. He has no wide receivers. He's missing his only two viable passing targets in Debo and Kittle. Yet third down after third down after third down, knowing the Jets would bring the heat, Target him, hit him late, hit him dirty, try to injure him. Jimmy Garoppolo slayed. Thus, I give all of the Jimmy haters the famous Bosa <laughs> that he provided after the Seattle game to the Seattle fans. I like it. I like it. So if you reject Jimmy's stats over a full season, you get... 4,160 yards passing, 43 touchdowns. Yikes. 8.2% touchdown percentage, zero picks, zero fumbles, adjusted yards per attempt, 9.6. Quarterback rating of 118.6. Look at Chris coming in here with the math. Sounds a lot like MVP numbers right there. Yeah, look at you. That was good. Nicely done. I like it. Yeah, it was great. And gutsy is a word that gets thrown around a lot, but 
he literally could not move. And was it the second series of the game, or was it the first when he went down? I think I feel like it was the second. Well, the first only lasted one play. So oh, that's right. The first one. It was the second action. The second series of the game. Correct. Um, the second is when he hurt himself originally, but he continued to hurt himself. Yes. Thanks to the Jets' defense, which I will get into momentarily. Right, 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 right. Um, for sure. But just the fact, I mean, he got up and you definitely knew immediately that something was, was wrong. You know, he went in there, you know, they taped that ankle up a little bit and just went out there and uh, got the job done. Guess he doesn't suck anymore. It's weird. No, I guess not. Or maybe he just needs to play on a, on a sprained ankle for the rest of the year. I don't know how that goes. Maybe. Or maybe he never sucked in the first place. I don't know. <laughs> it's possible that that's probably the likely, <laughs> the, the most likely answer. Not that I like to gloat when I'm right, but whatever. <laughs> it could be. It could be that maybe the you know the first game of the season in a weird, bizarre year where there was no preseason or not much training camp to speak of, maybe he was not quite prepared to play the first game of the season. Um, just like a lot of the league was, if you look back at Week One, it was not great. Um, I think his quarterback rating was better than um, Montana and Young's career quarterback rating, wasn't it? Last week. Just saying. I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. I, I, I'm guessing you know the answer to that question. <laughs> but anyway, no more Jimmy Lovin. Well, maybe a little more Jimmy Lovin, but not right now. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm totally on board with it. Um, I, I think you, you played a great game. Um, we talked about this before we we jumped on to, to do the recording, and I graciously allowed you to have Jimmy, even though I could have jumped and, and taken him first, as I often do. Um yeah, I mean, if he keeps playing like that... That's the kind of guy you are, though, giving him to me. Appreciate it. If he keeps playing like the like this the rest of the season, I, I think the Niners are going to be just fine. Um, and the fact of the matter is, in a general sense, he's going to... Like, that might be what's required of him. Uh, the defense is definitely going to take a step or two backwards. They already were kind of looking like they were taking a, a, a half step or so backwards, but with, you know, Bosa and, and Thomas and, and Ford you know, missing for either the rest of or a significant part of the season, they're definitely going to miss that part. And so they're going to have to maintain some semblance of being good. Um, I was reading something today. I think it was on The Athletic. And um, it was either Matt Barrows or David Lombardi. I don't remember. I think it was Lombardi was talking about how the last time before, before last season, the last time that Shanahan was in the Super Bowl, his offense was the top offense in the league and his defense was that he was that was on his team was like 19th uh per dvoa or something like that and so that's kind of the number that you're thinking about when with with, in terms of like what's going to continue to make this 49ers team competitive for the rest of the year if the defense can be like middle of the pack in the league which i still think they're probably good enough to do then the offense will need to live up to its potential once they get everybody healthy. And I think they'll probably be okay, but that's sort of a longer scale <laughs> thing to talk about. But if Garoppolo continues to play like this and he can actually play all four quarters, then we should be good to go. Um, I'm going to go on a very similar trajectory with my up. Um, and I am also going to take an opportunity to, to gloat a little bit about this. Um, right. My up is Jordan, Jordan Reed. Um, and before the, the matchup on Sunday, I wrote a, a piece on NinerNoise.com about how Jordan Reed needed to get more involved in the offense in order for the offense to be successful. Um, and then literally as I was writing it, Shanahan was having a press conference talking about how 
they were not going to massively increase Jordan Reed's snap count <laughs> because <laughs> he's on like the he's on like the football version of a pitch count because he hasn't played football in over a year up you know before uh, the the Cardinals game he hadn't played football in a long time. Uh, he also can't block, and so, <laughs> so well you know. Uh, so <laughs> I none of our other guys can either. So whatever. <laughs> So I, I was, but I was able to, you know, suggest that, that he would be able to take advantage of what snaps he did get and use them to, to his advantage that he's a, a good enough uh, player to, he doesn't maybe need to play all, you know, 45, 50 snaps or whatever it was on offense that they got. It was a very small number, actually. <laughs> if you look at it, um, the amount of offensive snaps was very low, um, on, on Sunday. And, uh, and I was right, and that's all I want to say about that. Um, <laughs> he ended the game seven catches, fifty yards, two touchdowns, on eight targets. So he only missed one of his targets. I don't think it was a drop. I think it was just a, a, a pass that was defended. And he played just twenty-eight total snaps, um, twenty of which were pass plays, one of which he was blocking on. So he went out for for routes on nineteen. Um, no, sorry, 20 pass plays where he went out for routes and he was targeted eight times and he had one extra uh, pass play where he was a, a blocker. So there you go. Um, so, almost DeAndre numbers right there. <laughs> almost. Uh, so I wouldn't say that, that Shanahan was like bluffing or anything when he said that Reed was on the on the pitch count, but I think um, Kittle being out obviously maybe forced them to go a little higher than they expected to go. Uh, in week two, I think he was at like 12 or something like that in week one. Um, and I think probably in a more ideal situation, if Kittle was there, maybe you get from 12 to 18. So I think the jump from like 12 to 28 was probably not expected. But as it were, um, he, you know, he played well when he got the opportunity. Uh, if you like PFF numbers, he was the top graded offensive player uh, on the 49ers with a 92.1 elite grade just ahead of a certain quarterback that Chris may like a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So let's be clear. He is not Kittle. Obviously nobody is Kittle. Um, But I think um, he does a good job of, of doing some of the things that Kittle does, at least in terms of the passing game. And I am really excited uh, if, if Reed can stay healthy and continue on this trajectory, even if he's just like a, a, uh, 50% of the snaps kind of guy for the rest of the year. Uh, if he show if what he showed on Sunday is enough to make people go, Oh, well, Jordan Reed's on the field. Oh, Oh, well, George Kittle's on the field. Well, Oh, Jared McKinnon's on the field or, Oh, or, you know, that's the thing that we're all like dreaming about and excited about for this offense is there are so many people. How do we cover them all type of thing? Um, and I think that'll be exciting. So, you know, watch out if he maintains and once Kittle gets back, I think it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I totally agree. And he looks like the read of old taking advantage of all his opportunities and always being a step faster than you think he's going to be and having that extra juice to find the end zone when you think you're going to catch him on the, the one or the two. So yeah, that first touchdown was very impressive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he really looked like his old self. So like I said, bubble wrap that helmet and make sure that his brain is good to go concussion-wise. And yeah, once once we get Kittle back, that's going to be a lot of fun, I think. And then once mm-hmm. we actually get a wide receiver or two back, then 
it's gonna be a whole lot of fun. Oh so, yeah. Looking forward to it. For sure. All right. Chris, down for you. You think I'm gonna cheat? Because I'm going to. Of course you are. Well, my dad's all about injuries. And you know, injuries suck. You can't prevent the majority of them. But the question that I have is whether you can prevent any of them and whether some actions were taken that were intentional to injure some of our players. So during the game, and especially after watching the All-22, which somehow came out on time this week, good job, NFL, I can definitively say that Garoppolo was being targeted by the Jets' defensive line. And I'm in no way blaming similar targeting for injuries to players like Bosa or Thomas because, you know, obviously those players are not being targeted for injury other than by the field maybe. But I am blaming it for Jimmy G's leg injury. And halfway through the game, my mind was blown when I realized who the defensive coordinator is for the Jets, and that is Greg Bounty Gate Williams. Make make sure you put those two G's at the end of that name. Yeah. Right. Greg. Yeah. G- Absolutely. Yeah. Don't forget yep. it. So you know how to spell his name. Yeah. And you know, Williams is known for many things. And none of them are good. None that I can think of, at least. Um, first off, his infamous recorded kill the head speech of a player that now plays on his team, Frank Gore. <laughs> I wonder how their first day together went. The speech at the SFO Hyatt prior to the Saints playoff loss to the 49ers when on the opening drive, Dante Hittner put Pierre Thomas to sleep, even though he was doing it in a legal fashion. <laughs> so what else is he famous for? Lying about it and then admitting to it and then lying about it again while the NFL does absolutely nothing. Uh, he's guilty of paying players to injure opponents. He's on tape talking about taking out ACLs, paying for it. He's Mr. quote-unquote respect comes from fear, which sounds a whole lot like the words of a frumpy kid who was picked on a lot in middle school. He's famous for not knowing how to spell his own name, like you said. (laughs) Um, Winning a third of his games as a head coach, which is not quite good enough to continue as head coach, why he was sent back to the job as a DC. He's known for eating all 17 of the cookies left in the break room. Although that has not been confirmed. It's just a hunch. But by looking at him, I'm pretty sure it's true. <laughs> and ever since getting busted. Well, and, and you're missing, I was going to say, you're missing the one big thing, which is that he got you know banned from the league for a year. Well, that's coming up. Oh, okay. I, I should, it was a lifetime ban. Really? Yeah, yeah. It just lasted a year. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so ever, ever since he was busted with Bounty 8, and this is a technical term. He has sucked at his job over eight seasons since Bounty Gate and his forever one-year suspension. His defense has averaged 22nd place in the NFL. 22nd over eight seasons. His best showing was 16th. Why this man has a job, I have no idea. And... I told you before, like for all my Taysom talk, we all know it's mostly just tongue in cheek. And he seems like a really nice guy, like personally and 
all you know the nice things he does for charity and all. So I, you know, I don't dislike the guy. It's not his fault that he's extremely overrated and extremely overpaid. And it is sort of funny that the Saints media is now figuring that out. <laughs> but that kind of blame goes to the media and the Saints. And to be perfectly honest, if I was put in the same position, I'd probably do the exact same thing and soak in all of the glory that was given to me, even if it wasn't deserved. And I would collect those paychecks and I'd ask for as much money as I could. And I would take every opportunity I was given to get on the field to play and be interviewed as much as possible about how great I was, even if I wasn't. So I don't fault him for that. As for Williams, there's really nothing positive to say about him. I don't know him as a person, but every indication is that he is not a great one. I mean, he's a straight-up nasty, dirty coach, and he is fully willing to and believes he needs to pay players to injure other individuals. And that has no place in the NFL or anywhere else on any type of sporting field. Number two, Fox. For allowing color commentator... Jonathan Vilma to say words that made no sense on TV during this game. You may know Jonathan Vilma as being pretty good at football, but you also know him as being the Saints player at the head of the bounty gate. He was the man handing out 10 grand an injury. And so it's really odd how he meant. I mean, I don't think so, but it was never mentioned who the Jets defensive coordinator was during that game. I'm pretty sure it was never spoken. I, I wouldn't know again. Those sounds. Yeah. Well, I know that Vilma didn't say a word about it. And he sure didn't say a thing about all the hits on Garoppolo or all the non calls. And Bounty Gate was definitely not discussed. So not only is it totally irresponsible for Fox to have him cover the game with his partner in crime coaching, both of them were suspended for good reason. But he's also the front runner for the worst commentator in the NFL. He is horrible. But what about Justin Uzcheck and, and-, and their play by play guy? Um, I think like Gordon, Brandon Gordon, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He does a, a lot of different sports, and he's good at some of them. And NFL football is not one of them. So I know you're your experienced broadcaster. He's the voice of the Madden games over the last. Oh yeah, years. really? Yeah. So yeah. So he repeats himself a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if I ever figure out that McKinnon scored a touchdown two weeks ago. Probably not. I mean, maybe you didn't hear that. But he just kept repeating it and repeating it. I think Vilma did as well. Yeah, whoops. That's what, that's what I heard, yeah. Maybe you should read the uh, the packet that Fox gives you on the plane ride over, buddy. But he's really got to stick to the sports and the leagues he knows something about because he does not know a lot about at least the two teams he was covering because he didn't know how to pronounce names. He didn't know stats. It's like he just just showed up and decided he was going to be the play-by-play guy that day. But still, he was twice as good as Vilma was. So I really rather listen to Booger and Witten together because at least their mistakes are funny. There's nothing funny about that broadcast and the fact that Vilma, of all people, was the one who was commenting on it. Wasn't wasn't one of them calling like didn't he, like Justin Uzcheck and Jordan Bourne or they, like they called Bourne and, and Uzcheck by their wrong names? They're mixing up names. They're mispronouncing names. They, I mean, they, they just knew none of the stats. It got to the point where, and I think I mentioned in our Iron Noise chat that... I would turn the volume off, but 
in the off chance they actually tell me why Mostert is out of the game, (laughs) there is a chance that that would happen. So I can't turn it off. So I need to listen to them just talk and talk and talk about things that aren't true and nothing of importance. So (sighs) that was number two. How many do you got? I got three to go, but they're quicker. All right. I'll believe it when I see it, but here we go. The NFL, for many reasons. First, for allowing football to be played in that New Jersey AC unit. (laughs) And for giving Williams a one-year lifetime suspension. Like, what is up with that, Goodell? I wish you were my judge when I go commit some horrible crime and then I'm paroled like 15 minutes later. Like, give me a break. So the NFL, Goodell, and who was the prior um, commish before uh, Goodell? Can't remember his name. Such as a T. Tagliabue? Was that it? Paul Tagliabue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah there, there you go. go. Look at me. Good call. I remember things. Yeah, nice. He also had a role in Bounty. I mean, he didn't have a role in Bounty 8. He, he wasn't paying out thousands of dollars, but he had a role in the investigation and then like the follow-up investigation. And he was one of the people who was sort of trying to be lenient to these people who were trying to injure other people, which makes no sense. So those three entities, one entity and two individuals, just don't care about player safety. They can talk about it all day long, but they just don't care. They wouldn't allow a football game to be played in that stadium. And they wouldn't allow Williams to coach again in this league if they cared about player safety, but they don't care. So they can talk about it, but we know the truth. So along with that, great job to all the teams that post bounty gate chose Williams to play that very important leadership role to the college graduates or non-graduates or recent college attendees, maybe (laughs) that, we're looking for that coach to direct him in the right direction. And what they got was a person who says that it's necessary to injure other players. That's just part of the game. It's a performance-based game and don't apologize about it. So as well as the Saints, who of course were just as guilty as Williams himself, they helped run the show in the first place. The Rams, the Browns, the Titans for a little bit. You really showed your true colors. And Jets, enjoy that defense. It's just about as ugly as your defensive coordinator is. Number four, referee crew chief, Ron Torbert. I had to look this guy up. (laughs) He was a referee, you know, which is like, not like one of the referees, like he was the referee, the crew chief in charge of the quarterback. He's been in the league for 11 years. He has a law degree from Harvard. Why don't you know the NFL rules? Especially the ones you're in charge of regarding contact with quarterbacks. You can't hit a quarterback in the knees. You can't hit him when he's already down on the ground after being tackled right in front of your face. He's like looking down, trying to find his whistle to blow the whistle. The guy was five feet in front of him. He'd blown the whistle. He's staring at him when he hits Garoppolo. You also have a flag along with that whistle. Maybe you don't know what that is, just like you don't know what your whistle is. It's around your neck, bro. How you cannot throw a flag there is unbelievable. It's just shocking to me, the incompetence. You can't hit Garoppolo high. They kept doing that. After the ball's gone, you can't take multiple steps and then hit Garoppolo. You can't do it. You got one step. That's all you get. You don't get six. Finally, finally, at the end of the game, they called one where it was just so absurd and it was right in front of him that even he couldn't miss it. 
And it was the least amount of contact that they made on him the whole day, too. <laughs> it was the cheapest one of all. Yeah. But like even that is a penalty. Like you can't take six steps and hit the quarterback, especially when you know that he's injured. I mean, give me a break. After the ball is gone, you just can't take multiple steps and hit the quarterback. You just can't. It's in the by rolls. And the funny thing is, like, Garoppolo got hit low so many times last week. I thought, I figured they'd change the rule. I was like, oh, they must have, like, changed it or something because they're just regularly hitting him, like, in his knees. And this is two weeks ago, uh, first week. And nothing was called. So I was like, oh, they must have changed that for some reason. But I just looked up the rules before the podcast and they had not changed. So unless. Have and they have not updated their website. This is a problem, <laughs> and this is not complex. So protect the quarterback. The quarterback's the most important player on the field. Without a good quarterback, NFL teams suck. Nobody wants to watch the game. The NFL should be smart enough to protect the quarterback, which they protect certain ones. They just don't protect ours. So as the referee, quote unquote referee, it was well, not quote unquote the actual referee, <laughs> but. The, not just one of the referees, but the official referee. How about that? It is your responsibility to protect the quarterback, and you didn't. By not throwing obvious flags, you allowed Williams' Jets to ramp up the targeting of Garoppolo. And without your incompetence, Garoppolo would not be as injured as he is right now. So sleep on that, buddy. Thanks a lot. You were just about as bad as Vilma was on Sunday. Although, good job with that Harvard degree. That must have been tough. <laughs> All right, lastly, NFL. We're back to the NFL. When does the Bounty Gate 2 investigation begin? Part of Williams's deal was periodic monitoring to confirm compliance after his pledge to teach, quote, safe play and respect for the rules. I mean, what a joke. So what better time, since he's never been periodically monitored before, for a little bit of periodic monitoring than when the 49ers lose half their team to injury and your defenders are targeting and injuring their quarterback. And you would do this if you cared. But NFL, you don't. That was not long. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I like that last one. That felt like a, like a public service announcement. Rah! Do, do, do. I'm just taking all my anger about the injuries out on the donut cookie stealing um, <laughs> Greg Williams. I know he stole those cookies. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with anything that you said. Um, certainly, it's it's sort of weird. I, I assumed, and I just didn't really look into it any more deeply than than that, That because uh, Sean Payton got the, the one-year suspension, and so my assumption was that Greg Williams had also gotten that. They gave him a, I think they called it, a indefinite suspension, but it was supposedly lifetime. And then they said, Oh, sometime in the future you can appeal. And then if you're on your good behavior and blah, 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 I don't know, you know on some kind of a parole and a year later, he was back coaching. So, I mean, I mean, it's just, it's just unacceptable. Yeah. It's, it's certainly, you would think that because he did it once that there would be, always that air over him that, oh, maybe he's doing it again. Well, I mean, either he was doing it again or the players doing it on their own, but it was happening. Right. And yeah. the, the one way that I can, you know, that I really think that it's him, that I could tell that they were targeting him, is one thing that he preached in that tape, which I've listened to many, many times, <laughs> when I'm going to get pumped up and angry, <laughs> is that you always want 
to hit the quarterback after every play, no matter what. You always hit him. Always so he knows you're there. Always so he's thinking about you. And you could tell in this game that even, and it wasn't a light touch, but even if it was a moderate hit that was not going to be a penalty, that shouldn't have been a penalty, everybody who was near him always hit him. But they'd always push one of the Niners into him. And a couple of times it hurt Garoppolo and Garoppolo started limping afterwards. And I'm not saying that those are legal hits, but that is the way that Greg Williams coaches his players to play. Not not good. Not good at all. Yeah. And I don't see how the NFL, if they really cared even a little bit. And, and you know, but yeah, it's not gonna happen because no one's even talking about it. Mm. Because I don't think anyone even knows that he's the defensive coordinator on the team. <laughs> I, mean, I only realized it halfway through. And when I was looking, I was like, who is their DC? Because this guy does not know what he's doing. He's horrible. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and then I was just like furious for the rest of the game. <laughs> well, for, for lots of reasons. So, yes. But it's just, it's all the same, the same things that he was telling his players to do. And the effect that that would have on the opposing team were the things that the Jets players were doing. So, I mean, unless they're just, happen to be doing the same things. It's not normal for a player every time he runs by the quarterback after the play's over is just to bump him a little bit. Like that's not normal. Yeah. You know, but that is Greg Williams because he is not a good enough coach to coach in the NFL if he has to play by the rules. Yeah. I think you and I had a conversation afterwards how it would be difficult to prove it one way or another, but I really think it'd be pretty easy. It's just, you know, you walk in there one day and you get everybody, you separate them talk to every one of the defensive players and you tell them, you tell me the truth and nothing's happening to you. You don't tell me the truth. We find out later and you're suspended for the rest of your career. You're out of the league and it's not going to be a one year deal. Yeah. And you know what? You're going to have people talking real quick. Probably. If you cared. True. True. Yeah. But enough about him. Learn how to spell your name, man. No more. Stop stealing my cookies. Any. Pretty sure he's got your cookies. They're for everybody to share. Um, so yeah, all that stuff is bad. Um, I am going to unfortunately have to call out someone that I believe we've called out before, uh, in the negative, uh, scope of things. This need beaten down enough. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was, look, uh, Akella Witherspoon had a little bit of a rough day on, uh, on Sunday filling in for Richard Sherman. Um, he did play all 65 defensive snaps and uh, he just there. There were just times when it you, you were just like, "What are you looking at, dude? Like, what's what's going on? Um, are you seeing the same thing that I am seeing? Because I don't know if you are. Um, maybe he was concerned about the cookies in the locker room. Yeah, maybe, maybe he thought he was going to lose them. Uh, there was one play in particular. I think it was in the first half where he, all he had to do was like take three steps forward, and he would have broken up a pass down the field. But rather than, or and maybe even step in and, and intercept the ball, but rather than do that, he he chose to wait for the receiver to catch the ball, and then like wind up a big hit that you know knocked the guy down, but really didn't stop him from catching the ball, which is, if I'm understanding the position correctly, his job. <laughs> yeah, I remember you calling that out. Yeah, I, well, I did, and one other person did, like literally this the same second. It's like, dude, just step up and knock the ball down. Like that's your job like to make him not catch the ball. The play that looks the worst uh, from him is the touchdown uh, at the end of the game. I, I don't think you can blame him completely for it because like 
there should have been a sack on the play, first of all. Yeah. Uh, Darnold actually made a, a pretty good individual effort to like get out of the sack. And the throw that he made was actually pretty impressive. Like it's, you know, running the other direction, throwing against his body, like that sort of thing. Um, but I think you could still probably make the argument that Witherspoon needs to like maintain there, uh, and not assume that the uh, sack has been made, which is kind of what it looked like happened there. Little things like that. It, it just wasn't a good day. Uh, he definitely lost uh, Braxton Berrios on the, on the play and, and it looked probably way worse than it was. Um, but it wasn't good. Some numbers for those of you who like those. PFF had him at 49.2 grade, which is bad. Uh, 45.2 in coverage and uh, 68.9 in run support. Uh, usually, you don't want your cornerback's grade to be bolstered by the run defense. Uh, so that's not really ideal at all. Um, Especially when it's Witherspoon, of all people. Yeah, because that's not usually his thing. Um, in fact, that was the thing that he got knocked for coming out of college initially was that he didn't really want to do that but he's probably out there for at least two more weeks because that's how much longer Sherman is out um, although it's possible maybe the Jason Brett jumps in and takes the job from him uh, he was supposedly having a good camp before he went down with injury but he's just gonna need to be better uh, <laughs> what than the last time <laughs> yeah well no I'm talking about Witherspoon uh oh okay <laughs> <laughs> because if, if Witherspoon is the starter again, uh, the Giants, as we're going to talk about in just a minute, are not a good football team, but they have better wide receivers than the Jets do. Um, and so if he is equally bad on Sunday, it could be bad news for the Niners. And that's all I have to say. I feel like my down wasn't like crazy bad compared to yours. <laughs> no, no. There's just a lot more anger. You just said a lot of things, that's all. Just after experiencing a game... Like that one on Sunday. Sometimes football is just so aggravating, but still, I love it so much. I'm like a battered wife over here. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> all right, I guess that's way more than we needed to talk about week two. So move on to week three. Niners travel back from West Virginia. Okay, to my favorite stadium that looks like an air conditioner to face the. Zero win New York football giants. So let me check the show notes. And yes, we do have show notes, which Robert painstakingly creates every week. And then I read once the podcast is supposed to start. And feel free to draw your own conclusions about me from those set of facts. My guess is that you will be correct. So should any of our questionable players play this week... And are there any elements of this Giants team that worry me? If I could talk about Mostert's agent for an hour straight, I think I got this. Many 49er fans are firmly in the do not play anybody of any value this week because of the poor field conditions camp, which is a really long name for a camp. Some of these camp members are even talking about forfeiting the game on Sunday. I do not belong to this camp. And not just because I was not invited, but I firmly believe that every win in the NFL is important. And if you're going to play, then play. So although by now these decisions have already been made, I will gladly tell you what I would do with some of these questionable players. If we're able to move 
the game to any like local high school, then I'd be cool with some of these questionable players playing. I think they have high schools in New York and New Jersey, right? Don't they have colleges there? Like anywhere other than that stupid AC unit? Like anywhere else? Can we please just move the game? There are no fans in the stands, so like what's the problem? Like it should be an easy switch. And I've yet to hear why this stadium has a poor turf field in the first place. Like, why are you not growing grass on the field? And don't tell me you can't. They grow grass in New Jersey. It's not that far from where I live. And please don't tell me that it's too cold. <laughs> it also gets cold in Green Bay. But even if the Niners got to play on a real football field this week, Garoppolo, you cannot play him in this game. He was really hurt and you could tell the more that they kept hitting him and hitting him you just can't play him this week Kittle I would allow him to decide because he's out of his mind and if he plays he will probably play 100% even though you would think it's impossible for him to do so so I'd sort of leave that up to him as far as the other players who really has a a chance of of playing this week. I mean, not Coleman. Mostert, probably not. Witherspoon? Yeah, I guess we have to. If I had to guess, he's the only player out of the list who actually play this week. But by far the most important decision, which I'm sure has already been made, is I would not play Grappler. Just give him an extra week. Or if Mullins plays well, then give him two weeks. Because you need him badly because... We're not going to be going to the Super Bowl with Mullins and no Nick Bosa. I mean, it's going to be hard to be doing it with Garoppolo and no Nick Bosa. But the one thing that is keeping me positive is the fact that in the Super Bowl, our defensive line really didn't do too much because all of them were getting tackled. So what difference did Bosa make? He made a positive difference for the Niners, but not one that he would normally make if a game was ref down the middle and he was actually able to rush the passer. So we have the potential if we get our players back other than him, even though he plays so much better when he has Ford on the other side of the field. Um, I mean, it's, it's just tough and no pass rush because Salah's so dependent on his four guys getting to the quarterback. And if that doesn't happen, then his defense sucks. So now you're depressing me again. Or now I'm depressing myself. <laughs> So should any of the questionable players play? Yeah, let Kittle do what he wants because he's Kittle and tell Jimmy to sit for at least one or two weeks. Are there any elements of the Giants team that worry you? Yes, if Saquon can somehow play without one knee, then that scares me. But since that's not going to happen, um, I mean, they have a running game. They have pretty decent run defense. Although, you know, the running game is probably going to change a lot now that they have a week to prepare with some players that are not Saquon. The passing game scares me just because of our cornerbacks. I think they have two or three above average-ish wide receivers, which is a lot more than we have. (laughs) So it's another game that the 49ers should win, but at the same time, you have Mullins back there, and Mullins is a lot of fun to watch, and I like him a lot. Mullins didn't play very well last week, which is sort of expected out of a quarterback that hasn't played in a long time. But how much better is he going to play this week? So if he's pressured anywhere 
near the amount that he was pressured last week, we were in deep trouble because actually both Mullins and Grappolo were pressured. I think Mullins was pressured 46% of the time and Grappolo was 41% of the time of his dropbacks, which is an astronomically high number because the Niners are so bad at blocking. Uh, Mullins' number was number two in the league and then Grappolo's number four. Unfortunately, Mullins' quarterback rating was 57 when he was pressured, and Garoppolo's was 94 when he was pressured, which is pretty good when you're pressured. And Mullins, unfortunately, out of all of his dropbacks when he was pressured, half of them ended in some type of disaster, which was either a sack or an interception. So that's not the kind of stat you want to be 50-50 in, not like batting average. Like, that's not good. So, you know, I like Mullins a lot, and I think he is a really fun backup quarterback. And I think that this is a good game for him to be playing in, but the giants don't worry as much as the 49ers worry me. And the fact that we just don't have a lot of players right now. And if we have McKinnon starting, he's not a blocker. <laughs> he can't block. Tevin Coleman can't rush, but at least he can catch the ball as a wide receiver. Look pretty good doing that. It's so bare bones, man. I mean, we're down to the nubs and Finally, the last thing that I am somewhat worried about is that the Niners are going to be tedious when they're on the field because they're concerned that the field is going to do what the field did to them last week. And that's sort of understandable. And if you're not playing 100% out of your mind, then you're going to lose every football game you play. It doesn't matter who you play. So they need to somehow remove, you know, Armstead angry tweeting after the game about the poor field conditions, like you got to remove that from your head because NFL ain't going to do anything about it because they don't care. So if you're thinking about that, instead of what you're really supposed to be thinking about, you're going to lose. So they need to bring the normal amount of intensity that they bring on a consistent basis, but it's going to be a little bit more difficult given the venue. So I'm not sure if that answers your question, but that is my answer. <laughs> So, what say ye about the 0-2 New York Giants? Uh, so, Danny Dimes, yeah, he's a guy uh, who did a thing, and so that's happening. So, he's going to play football for the Giants. He's their quarterback. <laughs> that is my kind of analysis, baby. <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm not sure if he's any good or not. I have not watched a ton of him, but he... He's not. He's got some Eli going on him, but probably a worse version of Eli. Let's just say that. It's not the playoffs, and we're fine. <laughs> this is true. Uh, and then, of course, as you mentioned, Saquon Barkley out, ACL tear. Uh, Sterling Shepard might not play. He has a turf toe situation that's going on, so maybe he won't play. So they got Golden Tate uh, on the team. He used to be quite a good player and is probably still a, a decent player, but not the player that he used to be. Uh, Darius Slayton, good player, um, and probably not somebody that you want to leave open. But, you know, still at the same time is, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Again, he might be good enough to, to be a, a player that you worry about for sure. With Slayton, my concern is you put him on Witherspoon's side and you only throw to him a couple of times, but you throw to him deep and he has his way with him. Yeah. So that, that's sort of Not what you want. You know, Slayton's game is very feast or famine. And despite not doing so in college, he somehow learned how to score touchdowns. So that's not good. <laughs> He's sort of like the anti-Golden Tate, where Tate sort of works those underneath routes 
And then Slayton's always worried to take the top off the defense. So if you're Witherspoon, you better not sleep on him because he can put the ball in the end zone sure. and he can pretty much score from anyone on the field. Yeah. And they, uh, they still have Evan Ingram, who's supposedly a, a good tight end, but has never quite lived up to the hype that he had coming into the league. He's, you know, a, a, again, a, a good player, but I just think there's, there's two problems uh, for the Giants. One, uh, their offensive line is not good. Um, and <laughs> I, I don't know, compared to ours, how is it? Uh, well, I don't know. Probably in that same, sorry, in that same vein, maybe I, I really don't know, but that's, it's, it's a, it's not a strong unit and it hasn't been for, for a long time. And I think that this will be a, a an offensive line they can create pressure against um, and sort of put uh, Daniel Jones in, in positions to be uncomfortable, uh, which is really what you want uh, to put the quarterback under duress. And um, as you mentioned, uh, their run game didn't really had, had not really even gotten going with Barkley. He was off to a pretty decent start last week against the Bears before he got hurt. He was averaging seven yards a carry, all these kinds of things. And then he got hurt. And then, you know, Deion Lewis came into the game and he was their running back. I think they ran the ball 14 times uh, outside of the four carries that Barkley had in the game. Uh, so I don't know what their what their game plan is going to be. I don't know if they have anybody else uh, running back wise that's going to make you go, oh, OK, that might be interesting. But they have not run the ball well so far this year. Um, they do have Deion Lewis, but he's more of a threat as a receiver out of the backfield. Um, I don't know if he'll get the start. He's certainly not in every down back. Or they have a couple other guys, no one too exciting. Gallman and an undrafted guy. But they're talented enough if your defense sucks that they'll be able to score on you. So <laughs> For sure. how about our defense not suck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Giants' defense has been is pretty pretty good so far this year. Um, like I mentioned, they've kept both of their games pretty close. Um, I think the the Monday Night Football game was the score. They ended up losing by ten, but I don't. Th- I think it was closer than that score would indicate. Um, but they they just haven't been able to generate much in the way of points or offense or anything along those lines. Uh, they scored uh, I think sixteen in Week One and fourteen last week. So they're you know averaging fifteen points a game which over, I know that's only two games, but uh, over an entire season would be very poor. Um, I mean, I, I just named Garoppolo the MVP, so. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so they're just not generating an offense, and so their defense is, is having, is, is a lot is being asked of them. So far, they've, they've held up the task. Um, they're, you know, they're holding up in terms of keeping uh, teams under control in term, in both in the air and on the ground. So, you know, through the, through two weeks, um, pretty low yardage numbers. They've uh, given up somewhere in the neighborhood of like 600 yards through two games, which is, you know, not horrible, especially in the, in the NFL. That's pretty this, good. These days, uh, they're just a hair over 650 yards per, uh, for two games. So, you know, not bad. Um, well, I, I guess one of those games is against Trubisky. So <laughs> take that into account. Um, for sure. Uh, and they so also have not faced Nicholas Mullins. So they have, they have not, uh, that, <laughs> that reminds me, there's apparently somebody at the athletic, some writer, I can't remember the name who putting stats out into the, the universe actually has, uh, James Garoppolo and Nicholas Mullins listed <laughs> as the quarterbacks for, <laughs> for the 49ers. I'm sure Kittle appreciates that. <laughs> just, just amazing. Um, so yeah, so, um, Look, I'm not. I if if Barkley were out there, 
I'd probably be a little concerned about it um, because I think the 49ers run defense, even while they were good last year, was a little bit suspect at times. Um, but I, I'm just not sure that the, the, the Giants offense is going to be able to generate enough points to sort of stick with with the Niners, even even a sort of second-tier group of, of 49ers players at this point. I, I like your positive attitude. <laughs> well, let's let's you know get right into the predictions then, just to kind of wrap wrap up this party. Right. Um, so the Niners are going to be trotting out Nick Mullins, uh, throwing passes to Jordan Reed, Kendrick Bourne, Brandon Ayuk, maybe other players. I'm not liking the sound of this. <laughs> yeah, uh, handing the ball off to uh, Jet McKinnon, Jeff Wilson. Maybe Jamichael Hasty, a little bit in there. Oh no, it's it's not a not a game of not a household names type of game. Uh, but I am choosing to believe that the Niners will have enough in their their group of of players that will get out there. I mean, Jordan Reed was a top tight end in this league, but he just couldn't stay healthy, kind of thing. Um, so I think there's enough there to get the job done. Um, and so I think they will. I don't think it's going to be a blowout like last week. Uh, I think they'll end up being a comfortable enough win uh, for the for the 49ers. And I'm going to go 27-17. Niners win up to 2-1. and one. There we that go. That is strong. So you realize that you should have hit the score right on the head last week, right? I did. Did I get Almost. it? Almost. You predicted, I believe you predicted 31 to 10, correct? And it was 31 to 13. Oh, it was, yeah, I think that might be right. But there's absolutely no reason for them to have kicked the last field goal because if Gase could count, then you would have totally hit it because he opted to kick a field goal to turn a 21-point deficit into an 18-point deficit, which doesn't make any sense because it's still three scores. I mean, he really can't count. And it was the third quarter, so... The game wasn't over yet. Like it was still the third quarter. So if you could have got that ball in the end zone, it would have been a two-score game. And you have over a quarter to play. A team that had heart and a coach that had heart and a defensive coordinator that had a heart because he has no heart or it's black. You know they would have gone for that and potentially made that into a game. But because of that, you missed it. So another reason for you to dislike Ace. Thanks, Adam Gase. Ruin everything again. Can't even count, man. You know, I gotta say, I'm really, really looking forward to uh, to Sam Darnold being Garoppolo's backup in a couple of years when he gets run out of town because everybody thinks he's horrible, but really he's just played on a terrible team for five years. That's my. I, I don't think he's like that bad, but I mean, when you have the type of receivers that he has to throw to, unless you're Garoppolo, you're not gonna be MVP. So Chris. <laughs> I guess you want my prediction, huh? Yes, I would so, like that. That I'd appreciate that for sure. <laughs> you want me talking for another hour and a half because I can do it. This game started out six and a half in the Niners favor with an over under of 42 and a half. And once every player on the four roster was injured, it has dropped down to four and the over under is now 41 and a half. And, the majority of the money is coming in on the giant side, which would make sense because I would put my money on the Giants if Vegas was giving me six and a half points for sure. Doesn't necessarily mean the Niners are gonna blow them out. Um, I'm not quite as optimistic as you are, but so you're doing the math, that would make it a 
23 to 19 game, which is not a good. Uh, My favorite yeah. score of all. A lot of scores are not going to happen. I think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring than that. Not because the offenses are good, but because the offenses are going to turn the ball over. <laughs> and it will give the opposing offenses short fields to kick field goals, <laughs> as we both like to do. So I'm going to go with a 24 to 23 victory. I'm not sure if it's going to be like a thriller or if it's going to be like a back end 23. Well, I guess it wouldn't really be a back end 23 because then they go for two. Uh, but I don't like that. No, it could be. It could be a thing like where they go for two to try to win the oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At 0 and 2? Yeah. Didn't the Giants win the Super Bowl when they were 0 and 4? I don't remember that. Yeah, probably. They were because they weren't they like 9 and 7 that yeah, year. Yeah, I think something like that. So. They're not really in, and, and with with that division. To be clear, we're not saying the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl. They have like three of the worst teams in the league in that division. We get to play them all. Woo-hoo. Yeah, woohoo! And I'm sure they'll all be great when we play them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 24 to 23. Um, how they would get there? Yeah, I guess you I really know. didn't consider that. So yeah, I don't like that very much. A, that would rough, probably mean that there would have to be little scoring late in the game or the Niners have to come back in both those situations I don't like very much. So I wish I could take it back, but I already said it and yep, there's no way done. to edit a podcast. So nope. it's done. Be edited. 24, 23 it's Niners. Live, live right here. Well, there or we go. maybe the Giants won't go for two because they can't count. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know anything about Joe Judge to know if he can count, but we'll know more next week. Maybe the call up the GM and ask him what to do. <laughs> oh, that's rough. <laughs> Uh, boy, which, which end zone are we protecting? Yeah, <laughs> let's not do that. Um, anyway, um, let's let's get out of here. Let's be done. Uh, this season is making me lose it. It's the it's the next day already. It's it's time to be done. It is tomorrow. Right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Uh, as usual, check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. Be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.